0: Ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary beings to another out-of-this-world episode of Cosmic Crit. This is Miles, better known to you as Raimi, or more recently Raimi Quindar, and if I sound like my adrenaline levels are a little high, it's because I just came back from seeing Avengers Infinity War, and boy, howdy are you guys in for a treat. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil the film for those of you who have not had the chance to see it yet, but I will say that it is awesome. It really encompasses the feeling of a comic book event translated to the base screen in a way that no one's successfully really done before. But I'll stop myself there. So last time I chatted with you guys, I spoke a little bit about how I was really excited that the story was shifting on some characters that we haven't delved into as much, namely my character Raimi and Drew's player character, uh, Nax Zizrak. Book 3 has given us the opportunity to start to peek into their backgrounds, and the way that Patrick's enabled us to integrate it into the AP has been a lot of fun to play with. We've got some really cool stuff for the development of these characters, and and the rest of the characters as well, uh, down the pike, so we really hope you'll be joining us along for the ride. Lastly, I just want to invite everyone again to our Discord channel. All of us on the show chat there, with some of us generally kind of living there. But it's not just us, we have a ton of awesome listeners who've discussed a variety of different things over the last month and created an awesome community that thrives just on having a good time and discussing Starfinder and really anything you want. We've got a number of different kinds of channels there. So if you want to talk about just role playing games in in general, if you want to talk about being a GM, we have channels there for you to just talk about that. I mostly live in the general chat where I talk to pretty much everyone every day and have a blast. So if you want to come say hi, that would be awesome. Join up. We have a link on every Cosmic Crit social media presence. Make some new friends. We've thrown together some Starfinder Society games and you can find other people who may want to put a game together with you if you've not had a chance to play a session of Starfinder yet. But enough of that. That's not why you're here. You're here for episode 35. Phenac Wright, Wright, Space Attorney. Last
1: time on Cosmic Crits, we arrived on EOX and everyone's dead!
2: On this dead world, Adras was the life of the party.
3: Man, Eoxian customs
1: is the worst.
4: We met Zoe and hesitantly agreed to appear on his reality show, The Splatter Dome. So that's Zo. So. We schmoozed before the fight with some fancy undead folks.
0: And hilarity ensues. Raimi shared an awkward, literally bone-chilling hug with a fan, but got a flight spell gem out of it. The team is reunited with the best camera bot in the galaxies,
4: Robob. We found ourselves pitted against a liquid carbon golem, our Monster March fan challenge winner.
5: This monster is a monster!
2: Oh, I get it. The Crit Fail deck strikes again.
4: We won a prize. A mnemonic editor called New You. Nat got a blast from
2: the past. Episode commencing in... Three... Two... One... Episode initiated.
5: Grab your homemade Ghostbuster costumes and bear traps. It's time to dive into the nostalgia of the 80s, Stephen King literature, and Steven Spielberg-like action flicks. Greetings, Hawkins Middle School students. You're listening to Cosmic Crit, and my name is Patrick. I'm your GM throwing Demogorgons at you during pizza-fueled gaming sessions. And on this stranger episode of the show, we are investigating the upside down of EOX. As always, with me are my five friends and classmates ready to fight the unknown. To my left, the nerdy leader who has kept the party together by calling truces. It's Drew playing Axis Rack. Hi! To his left, they're lost in another dimension, but using computer skills to hack into some Christmas lights, it's Jabert playing Andes147. Seriously, what was Will doing? You don't cast Fireball in a situation like that. It's you absolutely absurd. The damage output is not good enough to deal with a Demogorgon. <coughs> so. Across the digital table from me, in his mind, he's the Steve of the group, but we know he's really Dustin. It's Miles playing <laughs> Ramey. <for anybody. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> to his left, a seemingly sweet child with psychic powers that can set you on fire with her mind. Rebecca playing Alindra Vallis. Hello. And finally, to my right, more deadly than Nancy with a gun or Steve with a baseball bat. It's Tyler playing Adrosforanis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> you were always oh, the, the wet blanket for these introductions. <laughs> so,
4: can I just say, no lie? I had a premonition that you were going to do Stranger Things tonight because Ooh. I bought a tar at Target this week. I found on clearance a Stranger Things blanket, which is now my favorite blanket in the world.
5: Oh boy. It's really important that we let everyone know that we're sponsored by Target this week. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger Things blankets at Target.
4: <laughs> but seriously, I, I've been thinking ever since I bought that. Like, I bet Patrick does Stranger Things for the intro this week, and I was right. So I think I might be eleven. Just this, warning
5: you, this book three is all like creepy asteroids and, and undead planets. So okay. I don't know if you've gathered the theme. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of Stranger intros uh, this month, I guess. <laughs> Did, what, X-Files and uh, Buffy, lots of, uh, I guess, TV shows, horror TV shows. Uh, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty crazy episode last week. I, you know, was trying to think of the way to integrate to the March Monster Competition Uh, winner into an episode and that's what i came up with Uh, i just wanted to take the time to thank our grand prize winner again colin who made the liquid carbon golem made for a uh, fairly harrowing fight eight bleed damage on that operative trick attack but yeah uh uh, uh, real quick before we start this week's episode i wanted to take some time and shout out our runners-ups to to the competition you guys remember some other ones that you voted on
0: the kruku which was uh, submitted <laughs> by our super fan, our super fan mm-hmm. who very much wants Nack to die because it specifically devoured Yosoki.
5: Yes. Uh, definite runner up because as much fun as that would uh, be on the podcast, a monster that specializes in eating Yosoki like popcorn chicken. It, it just didn't work for that fight. <laughs> Maybe when the, the, the party is split up. <laughs> I, like... I,
0: I, I would like to see that.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, we had some other really fun ones. The
2: uh, the fantas really... doubloons.
5: fantastic yeah, doubloons was cool. The
4: Arankina from Alyssa was cool.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. I really wanted to make <laughs> that fight a couple of those, but uh, couldn't do it.
4: Yeah, I, the yeah. Arankina also had a special ability called, like, the Interwebs with a Z and <laughs> T-E-H. <instead laughs>
5: Interwebs, <of that>.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Interwebs.
5: The the Solaroos, uh, Cool Beast, called a Dune Lurker, lots of fun things. And th- I just really liked this month's challenge, uh, much like the NPC challenge, because it got to show how really creative our fan base, uh, the Crittermanders, are. So that that was a lot of fun reading all those. I'm sorry we can only pick a few uh, winners and win one grand prize winner, but
2: critter manager's out for blood.
5: I mean, I guess we'll just have to do do it again, do the contest again for uh, in a future month. What do you guys think about that?
2: Oh yeah.
0: I mean, it was it was a lot of fun and as uh difficult as that fight was, it was still pretty cool to have, you know, that exclusive monster in our our game.
5: Yes, and that's the point. Build up the Critterverse.
0: So, yeah,
5: let's dive back in. We, we took that little break from the mission at hand last week for our Monster Hunter side quest, but in order to reward you guys as players and to, to spice up the campaign a bit, Zo, the, the Intergalactic Game Show host, as reward, gave you access to basically like a beefed up mnemonic editor to use for free, which it is normally a little restrictive in the way the leveling works, and what you can can change and the cost. <laughs> the cost was free. So that that was your word and, and I do want to give a quick shout out to our, our friend Jason Keeley, a developer at Paizo for for Starfinder, uh, who we've had here on the show before, that suggested <laughs> that with all those amazing new player options in the pack worlds rulebook it might be nice to give you kind of (laughs) a chance to use them because normally you'd have to uh, for things like archetypes and themes pick those at level one or level two and then you can't can't really change them so if you're listening jason thank you for that hot tip now what is a mnemonic editor In a lot of other games, including Pathfinder, there's basically a way that you can retrain your characters. So retrain your feats, retrain skill ranks and uh, hit points and things like that. But if we want to go back and change some of those things in Starfinder, it takes this magical and technological device that you plug your character into that remaps their brain, makes these different neural pathways. And that allows you to make alterations to your sheet, your, your character sheet. So let's uh, let's just talk about it out of, out of character. What has changed as we get into this episode with with you guys' characters? Little little changes here and there. We've talked about them since since last week. Um, do you mind, Jabert, if we start with Andis? Sure. Yeah. So Andis is gonna change a couple of things. We're gonna mix up uh, a feat and. A theme, uh, Andis has previously had a feat called Barricade, where you can use a move action to throw up some partial cover. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been using that a whole lot, mostly because I've my exocortex kind of takes a move action to get up, and then I usually want to kind of stay mobile. And to that effect, I'm actually taking mobility. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the opposite of <laughs> staying in place and not behind right. right. the big old barricade. Right, exactly. So, uh, so I'm switching that up. And additionally, Andis was previously th- uh, themeless because I couldn't really find a theme that really um, <laughs> I thought fit Andis's mo. Yeah, well. well, your your character's backstory is that you really don't remember who you were. You know, right. you've got this blanked out space. So that made sense to me. I was like, oh. That that actually that works with, with who Andis one four seven is. Yeah, that was uh, when you brought up the the new U mnemonic editor. That was sort of where, exactly where my head went. It was like, oh, what if this is like something that Andes is sort of just remembering that's emerging out of what they're, out of their past. And so I'm really excited about my theme. Uh, it's going to be a roboticist. It's from the mm-hmm. Packworlds book. Um, yeah. yeah, bonuses to computers plus one to end that sort of thing. I, I saw that when the book came out, and it has an android, like, in the artwork, right? Uh, that that looks, honestly, a little more like kind of a uh, robotic construct, but it is very similar to what I was sort of imagining Andes as. Exactly. Well, so, it, yeah. it's like a blue figure, if memory yeah. serves right. Yeah, it's like, it's like blue, kind of meta- metal-plated sort of... <laughs> Just so... <laughs>
6: looks
5: like looks how many like yeah, how many signs do you need to take that theme? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go on next to Rebecca with Alindra.
4: Yeah, um, I really am not changing that much. The only thing mm-hmm. that I am doing is changing one of my feats. So the first feat that I took uh, when I first created my character and I wasn't sure what to do with her, what was improved initiative, but I've found since the classic. then... <laughs> yeah, I've found since then, though, that other members of my party are really better served to be at the front of the initiative order. So I would rather use that feet slot for something more beneficial, if you will. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I went with Improved Combat Maneuver, which uh, I'm applying oh, to... The bull rush yeah, which means i
5: figured that was coming
4: <laughs> right which means that i can um have a better chance of succeeding at my solar rush bull rush um, maneuver um which will be awesome it's a plus four to that i also have recently discovered that my piddly three ranks in computers is not doing much good. And I have a lot of people with me that know computers a lot better than I do.
1: A little.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a yeah. couple of
1: computer users <laughs> in, in the party. <laughs>
4: yeah, so I'll let them do the computer thing. <laughs> and I, I reshuffled those ranks into into things that were better suited to my character.
5: Yeah, the, the mnemonic editor just like, snap, you know, you've forgotten <laughs> years of boring coding classes on Catcherville. And now what, what do you put them into? Let's
4: see. I did one in intimidate, one uh-huh. in athletics, and one in physical science.
5: Awesome. Yeah. That makes that makes a ton of sense. So you're just writing those memories over with times where, you know, you were studying, uh, you know, the, the heavens or maybe when you're running through the, the jungles of Catcherville being chased from from Urix. And yeah, now now you're better at those things. It makes it makes tons of sense to me. Yeah. Let's Go to Miles next, Raimi.
0: Right. Uh, so Raimi opted not to to mess with his his mind, but- How instead, dare you?
5: Uh, why, would, t- why would you slap a gift horse in the mouth, Miles?
0: Because he's gonna take them up on the uh, augmentation.
5: Ah, okay, yeah. So I, I realize that <laughs> I can't force you guys to change your characters, but I can tempt you with other fun things like augments.
0: Yeah, so he is going to uh, get some some ocular implants.
5: Oh, uh, right, right. What what kind? There's a few different eyeballs you can plug in.
0: Um, I think I'm going to go with the wide-spectrum ocular implant.
5: Okay, yeah. So there, you already have these uh, goggles. They are <laughs> a fixture to your, your armor, but these will, in addition to giving you just regular low-light vision, like even without your goggles, you also can see infrared and ultraviolet light, and it gives you a, a plus two bonus to perception checks to notice, you know, things that only the, the red-violet light spectrum uh,
0: can Right. And while it doesn't quite grant me dark vision, uh, in darkness I can see significant sources of heat due to that infrared vision.
5: Right. I'm sure that will be very useful on a planet of undead right now, but... Maybe, maybe in the future.
0: He's a long-term thinker. It's not just about right now.
5: <laughs> there are three books after book three, so I get you. Uh, what about Tyler Adrosovaronis?
0: Yeah,
3: so I kind of had a. I, I knew what when we when we got this opportunity, I knew what we wanted to do, but I I struggled coming up with how to interpret it uh, for the characters. So, I mean, one of the things that has been in uh, Adros' story is his this. Increasing connection to the divine um, between what happened back in Castravel mm-hmm. and just everything that has happened since then, and so I really, I really wanted that to come through uh, mechanically and not just in the story. And so the Pact Worlds did release an archetype that allowed me to do that, and so I am going to take the divine champion archetype and that gives me access to a lot of really cool things but um yeah i and how i kind of see it is that he when he comes out of this machine he's going to have a much closer connection to his deity but he's not going to be he's not going to quite sure why he's not going to be sure why i think there's going to be something that he sees in there and -hmm. he's not sure like was that was that the goddess you know giving him a sign or connecting to him or was that the machine like he's just not going to understand was that real was that not real but he is going to understand that he kind of has some new powers now
5: I mean this is basically we're, we're eternal sunshine of the spotless mind all of you guys right now <laughs> we're, we're just wiping out big chunks of your, your personality and, and changing it up me, except for except Miles, is <laughs> the only one, uh, or so he thinks. Maybe, maybe it's a, all a giant simulation. Let's <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about like what it means in character terms. Uh, right now, we're really just talking about mechanics. Mechanically, let's go on to Drew. What uh, what's happening with Nack Sisrak?
2: Well, Nick uh, uh, with the. The revelation of the last part of last episode has a number of changes coming his way, some of which I'm not quite ready to share yet. But I think we'll, we'll come out over the course of this episode. Uh, I've, changed, I've changed some feats around. I'm no longer having the extra resolve points just because it was only adding two anyway and have a decent number of resolve right now. I can always pick that up the next time we get a feat. Uh, but I chose weapon focus to get a little bit of extra help in get, nailing some of those small arms fire. I may not do a lot of damage, but I'd at least like to do some damage. Uh, and some of the rest of that. Well, we'll just have to wait and see.
5: Alrighty, that is that is everybody. That's the team going through some some changes and some operations, some some ocular operations. Let's start this week's episode. But uh, this week's episode may not start how you guys want it to because you wake up from going through your your procedures, going through the new U mnemonic editing devices. Very groggy, stiff necks, aching muscles, shackled leg to leg, your arms bound in front of you, sitting on a stone bench. A cloud of chemicals still fog your vision and your thoughts, focusing your eyes. Too much results in your vision blurring, Looking around you, you seem to be in a wide tomb. A number of rows of stone pews behind you, and in front of you, against a large facade of stone carved from the walls, is a an architecture that looks like the front of the room is is this massive alien ribcage. A dais and raised throne sit before you. A wall opens to your side, and in walks a twelve foot tall skeletal creature in ornate robes the color of charcoal shimmering in the few sources of light in this room he's massive and moves with the jerking slow motions of an old creature barely able to lift its own weight behind you a number of undead creatures begin to file in and as quiet as the grave take seats along the benches ghouls and, and bone attendants quietly coming to rest why don't you guys make a culture check for
2: me? You can add seven to my uh, 13.
5: Ooh. Oh boy. Yep. Both, yeah, Raimi and Knack, both from context, have figured out what is going on. This is an Eoxian tribunal, the form of kangaroo court that exists here on the planet that is sanctioned by the Pact worlds, but very rarely clears a criminal uh, into not guilty status. Almost always, filthy's death or undeath, if if you you walk, quote-unquote.
2: Man!
5: Right, so before you all can speak much to uh, to one another, a number of undead dressed in the garb of lesser bone-sage justicars file into the front of the chamber, followed by an Ahsoki woman limping in on one leg that seems to be in, in great pain. She winks
6: at you, neck, and gets everyone's attention by clearing her throat and saying, Your highest honor and members of the... Arbitrician Court. My name is Kels Feldspar, daughter of Jarak, head of Clan Feldspar. We are honest and upstanding members of the trade union, our dues are up to date and paid, and we support warehouses on Eox, Absalom, and several other sites across the pack. I've come here today seeking restitution from that man, Nak Sizrak, aka Blip Hardcastle, aka Zek Feldspar, my brother. How you doing, sis? He embezzled over 2.4 million credits from our family's accounts, nearly bankrupting my poor sick father. We had to shut our operations and lay off workers, including some from this very city of Orfez. He's the worst kind of con, man. He's a cheat, a swindler, and doesn't hold loyalty to anyone or anything except himself. He turned his back on his family, and in turn... We made this terrible decision to disown him and exile him from this side of the diaspora. Today I'm here to beg for mercy for Zekfeld Spar. I ask for mercy for him since a death sentence in this case is too good for my brother. He deserves to live knowing the pain he's caused in this world. I feel bad for these four adventurers here that have aided and abetted in his illicit crimes and are themselves just as much to blame. They thought they had brought into their fold an ally and a crewmate in this fictitious Naxxizrak, but what they actually got was a snake who would sell them out at the drop of a hat. Your Honor, I submit that given the evidence that you pass judgment on my brother and let your justice be swift and keen, thanks to you. Thank you. She takes her seat after sneering in your direction and sitting
5: daintily on the opposing stone bench. The massive undead judge raises a hand woodenly, motions towards the five of you, and says,
1: I want to hear from the accused. You have but one chance here. Do not waste it.
5: Uh, right, so <laughs> I want to hear what you guys have to say. What uh, Drew, what, what does Nack say in this situation?
2: Members of the Eoxian Tribunal... I understand what my dear, dear sister is trying to tell you here, but let me tell you this. I did not embezzle credits from our sick and ailing father. Our father is the head of Clan Bar, barely paid attention to any of us middle children, and he is certainly, certainly fine. No, I embezzled and stole that money from her. This is all a ruse. Clan Feldspar has done business on Eox, has done business in the Diaspora, all across the Pact Worlds and the worlds beyond for generations. And I think if you dig in, you'll figure out what that business is. But let me tell you, it has nothing to do with warehouses and imports and exports. This is a fabrication. These accusations, as she is putting them out, are lies.
5: Uh, she looks very stymied by, by saying that she yeah, stares daggers in your direction. The undead judge just stares at you with these blank eye sockets. Don't really know if he's <laughs> swayed or not. Um, So I think to as a diplomacy check, if we're going to roll this as diplomacy, this might be one of the highest DCs, I think, in the history of the podcast so far <laughs> for this... Undead Necrovite is the the rules I'm using. It's going to be a DC 34 diplomacy check. Jesus. Uh, So you can take 20 on it, but will will that get you to 34? (laughs) (laughs) Yup. You got plus 14? (laughs) I do. Okay. Nack, if you want to take like 20 minutes and try and get this judge on your side you can move them from completely unsympathetic to somewhat friendly at the very least very hard to gauge just about when this happens because it's just a a giant skull on top of a giant body but like there's there's like a couple of nods they get in there (laughs) uh right so it after you finish maybe like 10 minutes later the judge nods emphatically in your direction and, and beckons you to continue. Is, is there anything else you want to say?
2: I just want to say to the listeners, uh, I know Patrick cut it out of the episode, but the speech I gave was so well-prepared. <laughs> it's it, not it, true. It roused everyone.
1: Uh, I just don't think anyone wants to listen to 10 minutes.
2: <laughs> Ramey <I'm done. laughs> started crying. Edrus applauded. Um, <laughs> you know, this is getting
0: cut too, right? <laughs>
5: Oh, no, that's that's staying in and is canonical, uh, which is the best part. Is is there any uh, accusations, counter accusations you want to make?
2: I think that if my sister really wants to settle any debts, that the two of us need to do it privately outside of this courtroom.
5: So uh, after you maybe finish your your arguments, present your side of it and explain, you know, what exactly your sister was up to. This massive undead arbiter seems to be thinking silently to itself for a long time. And all of a sudden, like the room is like very hot. (laughs) You're sweating under your your fur. And after a long while, it stands up and says, new evidence has come to this tribunal's attention. It will be played now. The middle of the room, a hologram of Kel's Feldspar appears and what looks like a teenage knack, or Zek, with spiky hair and a, a, a tough-looking jacket. They, they walk into the middle of the room. The lights in the rest of the room go out, so we're just left with this scene. Kells runs
6: into the middle room and says, <laughs> I can't believe that we got away with it, stealing that much money from those rubes. 2.4 million credits. That's enough to do whatever we want. I can buy my own ship, hire my own crew. The best part is that old man Dirac isn't going to be able to pin it on us because we are each other's alibis. Just like Aunt Fribs always says, take whatever you can get away with. And we just got away with this.
2: And since we both code-locked the money, there's no way that we would ever stab each other in the back.
6: Yeah, as nice it, as it would uh, have been to have 2.4 instead of 1.2, I couldn't have done it without you, Zek. You're more than my little brother. You're my partner.
2: <laughs> Sis, you and me, us middle children, you know, they never pay attention to us. It's always, It's always the first set of kids. It's always the first generation, the ones that are going to inherit everything. But us, us right here in the middle, we got to stick together because we're the only ones that are going to make
5: our futures for us. You hear the sound of a laser pistol charging up. She turns
6: around and says, that's what makes this so hard to do. She has a gun sticking into Nack's ribcage. What are you doing? You just said, remember what Uncle Grappo said. He told us, family would be the first with a knife in your back. You should have listened to him.
2: <laughs> that's, that's no knife. It's gonna do a lot more damage than that.
6: It's a metaphor. Now punch your access code into the bank account on my data pad or I swear I will shoot you. You don't need to do this. We can split the money like we said. You don't understand. <laughs> I set you up from the start, sec. I left incriminating evidence all over your room, the data stream, the warehouse. You're taking the fall on this one, brother. At least as long as it takes me to hop on a shuttle to the other side of the galaxy. I, I can't stand staying here, this clan. I either want to be the head of this family running things or take this money and start my own organization. You get to be the boss when you take what you want. You lie to everyone in their face and you never let anyone get close to you. Look where your feelings got you with me, a gun in your gut. I won't let you do this. You can't make me
5: do this. There's a fight. The two scuffle. The gun goes off. Kells is left holding her leg. Smoke and and blood running from the wound. Uh, Zek, Nack runs away and we're left watching her clutch the wound.
6: She screams back at him. Yeah, you better run. I'll kill you for that code, Zek. I'll tell them that you stole the money and you shot me, you piece of fleam. You'll never be welcome in the diaspora again, you hear me? The holograms end and
5: Kells in real life here is left looking perturbed she
6: immediately goes on the offensive saying your your preeminence holographic tapes can be altered or distorted I I have no idea where you got this from but
0: this data
6: was
5: taken from your mind the massive zombie judge stands up and its long robes part and reveal an old isoki man who walks out from beneath them he has a simple shirt vest slacks wears a set of telescoping glasses on his long nose, and his fur is a a dark grey.
1: You see, when you connect yourself to the new U mnemonic
5: editor, you give the system free rein to your innermost memories. When I sent you to make sure you hooked yourself into your brother's machine kills, it was because I wanted to hear from both of you. Without all the cloak and daggers that we become entrenched inside, I I just wanted to have an honest conversation, daughter and son, with their father. The man before you is Drax, the head of Clan Feldspar, crime syndicate, and master of subterfuge and beguilement, Druid's Nax father.
2: Dad, I didn't know you cared.
5: I didn't really until I found out all the bad blood between you two. Look, you both stole from the family. The important thing is that you were each caught. I'm in a generous mood, so I say we let bygones be bygones. Seeing as how we stripped your passwords this morning and took back all the money that you stole, what I came here for is to offer you both a better deal. I'm listening. Kells looks defeated, but then kind of perks her ears up as well. Jorak says, this new you technology... It's amazing. None of you knew that we're in a VR simulation right now because it integrates magic. This is actually happening in your memories. The courtroom fades away, and you are both standing on the asteroid feldspar in the in the diaspora where you were raised. A a bubble city, kind of in the in the background. Drax says, "We have a business opportunity to invest in this tech." So I took the money you both stole and set up a Feldspar investment portfolio. We diversify these stocks and take our money and clean it in the fires of legitimate business. It means no more petty thieving, at least not at gunpoint. You understand? <laughs> I like the sound of this. Kells nods <laughs> um, emphatically. It's like,
2: yeah, yeah, legitimate. So where do we come in? What, What is our role in all of this?
5: Well, first, you both need to agree to disagree about these past slights and injustices so we can all get back to being a family business again. We take money from the poor schlubs in the free market that don't know the real score. What do you say? We, we change clan Feldspar into Feldspar Incorporated with all of you as board members. Kells. She's looking down at her, her feet ashamedly, you know, and just kind of like nods, kicking at some rocks on on the asteroid it's
2: it's been a long time i've spent so long away from home away from family away from anything that i ever
6: cared about I, I mean i didn't i didn't realize it until i looked at the calendar but two years have passed
2: but i i think i'm willing to let bygones be bygones
6: i'm, I'm sorry father i'm sorry brother i i just wanted to have it all just like grandpa meagles used to say you can't make a smoothie without killing some friendships I'm okay with going legit.
2: Well, legit. And Nack does air quotes.
6: <laughs> uh, your
5: father and sister both laugh, and Drex says, All right, then cool. Um, glad to see you both bury the chrome hatchet. Nack your age. You guys are both almost teenagers, so it's time to start acting like it. Kells, your sister, says,
6: Sorry, Nack, I guess father's correct. It was a bum thing for me to try and knock you off. I hope you can forgive me.
2: As many times as any member of our family has ever tried to kill another member of our family, I don't know why I didn't expect it sooner.
5: She leans in close, you know, giving you a
6: a pat on the back, a little, like, half hug, and whispers in your ear, But if you think that I'm not going to be gunning for CEO of Feldspar Incorporated, then you're sorely mistaken. I'm going to be on the board of the directors within the end of the week.
5: Uh, she wanders off uh, on the asteroid and, and derezzes from the simulation as do Alindra, Andis Rami, and adros you guys were there you're gone now <laughs> and Nak, you're you're left alone with your your father in the confines of your own mind
2: well uh, this is been a day guess i better adjust my <laughs> my vocal stimulator to uh to get a little more of a corporate voice a little more uh legit because can't use the old one in a boardroom too often am i right yes i believe so
5: it does sound a little creepy but you know you can overcome that you've got the gift of the gab just like your mother before she passed she always wanted us to work together you know she was a sentimental one had us into a a rob from the rich and give to the poor operation for a number of years uh, I might have got the family name from my dad, but she was the one that made it synonymous with grifting and legitimate thievery. Zek, now I, I know you've been doing work with these Starfinders under this name, Knack Sizrak. I, I know that it would be good PR if you kept up with them. We are ready for our public offering in a few months, so it would be great if you were ingratiated with the society at that time. I think it would go a long way if you went 100% on the straight and narrow. Really show the world that... We're not just thieves and cut purses.
2: Well, with with that said, let me let me offer something to you. We I've done a lot of good work, at least I think it's good work with the with the Starfighter Society and with this crew that I have joined. I want to represent my family. They know me as Nak Sisrak, but that's not quite who I am. I want to become Nak Feldspar and really represent our family as best I can.
5: I, I want that too. I want people to know who you are again. It's It's definitely time to to retake Feldspar. Make it your own this time, though. He leans in and whispers something in your ear neck, and the the simulation begins to evaporate around you, and all of a sudden you you open your eyes again, you blink, and you're back in the real world. Your compatriots wake up all wearing these black bathrobes, and you're in a, a small chamber in reclining chairs, refreshed. Coming out of this haze of, of the, the program or your operations, you feel like you've taken a spa treatment and every wound you got on K9204 has been stitched up. Some of your old wounds from Castravel are gone. The, the scars vanished and your muscles are all nice and well relaxed.
2: Feeling good.
5: And you guys are all all changed by the mnemonic editor. So did, did, you, did we all experience that? Yeah. So Zorp Fizzlebottom. <laughs> pretty sure it was blip Blip hardcastle the entire time
0: (laughs) it's nice to meet you
5: all right so you all are out of the mnemonic editors and you've your characters are changed got some big changes some small changes but you guys are all feeling refreshed renewed maybe a little more competent in, in some areas um but yeah it's just it feels like you've been asleep for weeks but it is indeed only been like 12 hours since you've uh had the fight with a liquid carbon golem.
2: Uh, Patrick, do you mind if I go ahead and reveal the changes to neck that I teased at the beginning of the episode?
5: Uh, yes, please do.
2: Yeah. So, uh, knack has been an outlaw theme, uh, since we started doing this show with the idea of the family that he came from and, and all of the lies and double talk and things like that. Uh, but as he has now been welcomed back into the fold and the family, he is switching themes as part of the mnemonic editor, to the new corporate agent theme that is mm. part of the Pact Worlds. So, some changes, he will no longer have the uh, the minus five against underworld checks, but he will now gain a, a minus five against uh, corporate checks. So as we look into more and more corporations down the line so uh, so I will I will get a, a plus five towards checks on corporations so if we're looking into like astral extractions or Quindar or any of these other corporations that have come up to NAC will get a little bit more uh, information that way and a much more useful level six talent in that I can now, Gain information with a Corporate network as long as I have access to the Infosphere and I can roll mm-hmm. And get it, get some more information that way uh, So it is going to be pretty cool And I think fit a Brand new Knack Feldspar
5: Pretty well Knack Feldspar everybody uh, how, how are your characters reacting to the, the Knowledge that was kind of beamed into your dreams
4: Hold on uh, so you're keeping the Knack But not, not going back to Zek? I mean real talk Knack
2: is who he's become over the last couple of years on the run, and it's who all of his closest friends and compatriots on his crew know him as more than than anything else. And plus
5: merchandising.
2: Plus merchandising. <laughs> plus the well, fact. Well, I was gonna yeah. say
4: that's kind of Branding. beautiful, but then you had to cheapen it. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, plus, uh, he's, he, for the sake of the show, he's always been Knack, so I like to, I like to keep it
3: that way. <laughs> I bought t- a, I bought a Knack shirt, you bop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you the garbage. Everything for me. You
5: just <laughs> stop on get, the ground. <laughs> you hear the sound of, like, a, a Hulk Hogan, like, shirt, like.
4: <laughs>
3: Basically.
5: Uh, you better be wearing that shirt right now, Tyler.
3: Yeah. Send really- you a, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna send you a video of a barrel <laughs> fire with me throwing a knack shirt in it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> do we need to redesign the t-shirt to say Nack Feldspar now? Oh, I mean, my- I can totally do that. Let's,
2: let's wait maybe a week and a half, but yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. It might change again. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I could decide <laughs> to be so glam, glam Scrabbles again.
5: I think we should play Nack like Fred Flintstone. Whenever you get hit on the head, you're just a new <laughs> new personality. <laughs> my name's Blep Hodcastle. hey Ah.
4: Uh, I'm interested to hear I'll- what Raimi thinks, being another corporate sort of person.
0: I mean, Raimi, Raimi well, he, he's not really surprised as far as Nak is, isn't who he says he is. He feels a a bit of familiarity having his own family drama. But, I mean, he's also a little uneasy about the ease in which, or I guess the, the eagerness in which knack accepted entry into the corporate realm but he also knows how tempting being asked back into the family can be mm-hmm. what would he say oh uh, i don't think you'd really say anything <laughs>
3: This man is the stone you cannot squeeze words from. <laughs> he, he he wears his heart on his sleeve, it's true, but
0: uh Nack, who who is Zek?
1: Zek's dead, baby. Zek's dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like if, if Remy was gonna say something, he'd say something to Nak in private in the same way that uh Nack came into his bunk earlier. Right,
5: right. Well we we'll we'll have time for those conversations once the mission cools down. You guys have reaped your reward from the previous episode, and I think it's time to get back into the adventure. Get back into your mission. How about that? Let's do it. All right. I some, feel like uh, Rebecca, I'm ready to play some Starfinder. Yeah. <laughs> what the? Well, guys, this is the fun thing about this part of the book. What do you want to do? You tell me what you want to do. What? I, I think we, we should,
4: we should re- uh, reach out to our contact Juanita Trucks. Yes. Right. <gasps> I forgot that's her name. It's a yeah. very memorable name. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate yeah,
0: that.
5: <laughs> yeah, let's does, go see Juanita. Does anybody it, remember it, where she works? Oh, uh, she works on Eox.
2: Um,
5: All right, so you've narrowed the planet down. Good. Um, go no,
4: we're in step. the city. We went to the city that she was in. Right. Correct.
5: Yep. There's thousands of buildings here, so <laughs> narrowed it down um, even more.
2: Shipping and receiving.
5: She is a government official.
2: Does she work on accounts payable? She,
4: I know she handles the corpse fleet movement. Like, she right. tracks so them. So,
5: it is a, a very specific branch of the government called the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance.
2: That's right, because Eox has to name everything a really red
5: metal <laughs> oh, name. <yeah. laughs> Most definitely. A uh, heavy metal name, if you will. So, it, it's a walking distance. You can leave your... Vehicle and the safety of the Splatterdome's private spaceport. Yeah, it's a it's a parking lot, but it is <laughs> it is like ca- somewhat ca- covered. <laughs> I, I imagine it kind of like a, a airplane's hangar. So our next scene is going to open with you guys walking down a darkened city street in the Splice District, the fairly rundown side of this this bubble city or face. And as you're walking outside, it is pretty clear that this is this seems like. The wrong side of the tracks, uh, an unsafe part of town. There aren't that many corpse folk out and about in the streets, even though it's, you know, middle of the day. You're walking past a number of opening and functioning businesses, but it it still feels like, pun intended, a ghost town. (laughs) Behind you, the, the main avenue of Carpal Spur Street stretches backwards and forwards. You see a colossal factory site, a necrograph factory, and it—it uh, it seems it has these signs hanging along its barbed fence that reads "flesh-worn fabrications." The smell of vat-grown flesh wafts throughout the entire district, and it's like wet skin and petri dishes, and <laughs> overlaid with sulfur. It's not mm. pleasant. They give Behind- me
4: literal chills, by the way. So. Ooh.
5: Behind the, the factory, you see a, a ziggurat of apartment complexes, uh, huge slums that you may know that it's just these coffin-like apartments where the, the city's poor live in their undeath existences, oftentimes paying off massive debts to corporations or the Eoxie and the Ministry of Taxation. Um, right, so as you guys are walking... Uh, towards the ministry building you see a half-orc zombie flesh sloughing off the side of its face shuffling up to you on your side of the street what do you do
2: jerry good to see you man who who's at the
5: head of the party who's leading the way dross
3: Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) you guys i mean like i get why that's
5: still pretty mean. I'm s- <laughs> so happy, so happy. It's it's Tyler. Tyler, can you make a dross? Give me a reflex save. Dross, you so watch know, your step.
3: My reflex save just improved a lot by two because of my archetype. So I am happy to make it. Hopefully Ooh. this all pans out.
5: And you got watch your step from Nackfeldt. Oh look at that!
3: How about this? How about a hot twenty-one? Excellent.
5: Or plus two is twenty-three. Even better than twenty-one. So you and the the zombie do that thing where you keep trying to pass one another on on the street and like keep bumping into each other. So you go left, he goes left. You go right, he goes to the right I, side. I'm
1: just i just trying to get out of the way. Just to the right. No. <laughs> it's a meek. Well, make up your mind. Make up your mind.
5: It <laughs> sniffs in your direction, looks you all over while it, it stands aside and just lets out a a grunt, lets you pass. And you hear, as you you walk by, muttering under its breath, it says, Damn breathing tourists. Maggot breath. Oh, what's that now?
1: Oh, you heard me. I called you a maggot
5: breath.
0: Go back to your own planet. Go back to your own grave. Remy just gives him the finger.
5: (laughs) Three episodes in a row. What's happening? (laughs) The three were. So you you all get to the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance. It's a large two-story building. Stands out amongst many of the other dilapidated buildings here. On this block, as the Ministry is made of black and gray bricks, kind of made to to last, rust-covered metallic support bands cross its walls. There are no windows or other apertures to be seen except the front door, and a holographic sign spins above it, red and purple neon letters, reading in both Common and Yoxian the words Ministry of Eternal Vigilance. And it lists its hours of operation, 600 to 2,000. What time is it now? It's about 1,300.
4: Let's go in. Uh, shouldn't we, should we ring a bell first, maybe?
5: It's, it's unlocked.
4: Oh, okay. We just walk in. Okay.
5: Inside, you find a long hallway with a couple of doors. It looks like one side, there's a small conference room. The other side is a door labeled filing. A long row of almost entirely empty hover chairs stretches down this hallway. There's a a single live human occupant staring off into space in in one of the chairs, and at the end of this hall, inside, a glassed-off desk with a voice box emitter and a sliding partition to a slight female form, a ghoul staring at paperwork while occasionally snacking on what looks like live cockroaches from a glass jar. In the back of the building is a set of stairs with a sign that reads Authorized Personnel Only. What do you guys want to do? Uh, I guess I guess Andis uh... walks up to the person sitting at the desk and says Hello, we're here to see Juanita Trucks. So the ghoul behind the counter points to a sign without looking up from her computer screen. The sign reads, please take a number and wait to be called. There's a a small box that stands opposite her desk in the hallway and uh, it's got a big red button on the top of it. Andis walks over and pushes the big red button. A coin pops out the bottom into a small silver tray with the number 271 stamped on it. Okay. I walk over to the human and I ask what his number is. 270. Oh, well, that that's good.
2: Is there anywhere listed what number they're currently serving?
5: There's not. How long you been here? Couple hours. Okay. Andis takes a seat in one of those hover chairs and starts spinning.
2: There, can, is there anything else we can see in this area, like a, a door, computer system that we have that we might be able to remotely hack with Andis or anything like that? No, not really.
4: Can we explore other parts of the building while we're waiting?
5: You can see into the conference room, but it is locked.
0: Oh. Uh, Rami and Andis start having hoverchair races down the hallway. That's, that's true. That, that's canon.
5: Unfortunately, they are extremely slow. They go. Yeah, you probably be oh, we're extremely
0: bored, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right
5: now, I can I can raise a slow thing. That's fine. the uh, The human waiting in the chair just shakes his head in your direction, scoffs. Mm.
2: So, so friend, uh, what uh, what are you waiting for in here? What brings you to to e- what brings a, a living, breathing soul to Eox?
5: Co-workers, member of the Corpse Fleet. Gonna rat him out.
2: Mmm. Interesting. What, what ship you crewing on?
5: No, I don't crewish. I, I I work in the factory.
2: Oh, the uh the the factory we passed on our way here. The uh the augment factory.
5: Yeah, the body farm.
2: I didn't realize they they staffed anybody that wasn't uh, undead. I, I'm I'm a little surprised to be honest.
5: <laughs> I'm just working there till my initial contract is up. Work for Jellatrix, the Bone Sage. And then he's gonna kill me.
2: I on any other planet I'd be worried about that. <laughs>
5: yeah, I'll finally get out of this awful body. It'll raise me back up as a ghoul and then I can just kinda, you know, be dead. When and you def- uh when you when you become a ghoul, what are you gonna do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm not gonna be doing. I'll stop sweating and eating food. Mm-hmm longing for procreation. I just can't wait to be done with this living thing. Hmm. Uh He'll continue on to talk about the his co-worker. So he says, I just want to tell the ministry as my duty that my co-worker, old friend Zell, is as disloyal as they come. Never trust a half-elf, I say. So I came here to set the flesh renders on him, get him dismembered.
1: I also don't like elves and their bloodlines right they're the worst they are indeed the worst you know we
3: had a run-in with the corpse fleet ourselves we're actually looking to hunt them down where's your uh do you if you don't mind do you know where your uh co-workers you know
1: last whereabouts were at work no i mean like uh, what about
3: his living situation is there a like a dorm room or a (laughs) place to keep you off
5: uh, he goes goes back to talking to Nack. Uh, Drew, why don't you why don't you give me a uh, sense motive check?
2: That is a 23. I'm going to go ahead and throw my expertise die on that for a plus two. Wah, wah. 25.
5: Uh, he's definitely lying about his co-worker being in the corpse fleet. I, I, he doesn't even believe it. So, yeah, just here to tell them that his co-worker works for the, yeah, so, the corpse fleet. So, the so, name's... So- The name's Shan, Shan Golding.
2: Nice to meet you, Shan. So, uh, you know, I got a a question for you. You know, we we haven't been on EOX that long, but uh, the prevailing theory is that some folks around here don't really care to report the corpse fleet too much. You think they might be keeping you on the line uh, just because you're going to report something that uh, doesn't really matter to them?
5: I I didn't really think about that. Uh, I, I didn't really think about that, but I'm... I do my duty here on EOX, and they'll they'll never catch me not reporting someone if I think they're a member of the fleet, so uh, that's why I'm here.
2: Well, how about this? How about you report it to us? We are a, a very, very, just honestly, we're, we're a good group. We will report them for you. Make sure we know you. Shan, right? Shan, uh, give me your last name one more time.
5: Golding.
2: Shan Golding. We will make sure that we report your, your co-worker for you. Make sure you get all the credits so you can become a ghoul and never have to worry about living and breathing again.
5: Why don't you make a diplomacy check? Ooh,
2: it's a 33. It's a 19 on the die.
5: So he uh, kind of like nods along and is like, you know, you you aren't too bad for lifers. I uh, The uh, woman behind him kind of perks up and is like, number
6: 270.
5: He looks at his, his coin and is like, oh, well, that's my number. Listen, if you ever need anything from, you know, Flesh Worn, uh, you go over and talk to Voxel and tell him Shan sent you. He'll give you a good discount on a replacement limb or some flank stakes, you know, whatever you need.
2: Shan, it's been a pleasure. Now,
5: you see him walk up to the counter for a few minutes and and speak with the woman behind the desk there's some banter that's uh goes back and forth between them and she begins typing furiously into her computer before excusing the man and shan just walks out can I give him a nod as he goes go, go nod to your harsh content drew <laughs> not away
2: I I am it's a audio format I so got
5: it, it. <laughs> right so about 20 minutes later the figure behind the desk calls your number and says Please state the nature of your report to the Ministry today. Fill out this form and describe sparing no details the nature of the Corpse Fleet interaction that you, your loved one, or your pet have witnessed without leaving out any pertinent dates, names, times, locations, dimensions, or other salient details that might help to retain the glory of Eox for a million years I have a headache.
4: We were actually here because we were sent by the Starfinder Society to meet with Juanita Trucks.
5: Hmm, Starfinders, are you? Yeah, I guess that bug from the society sent you. I told him that 99% of what gets reported to me is junk, just false accusations, spurious lies. Uh, Heck, I have a set of neighbors who reported each other's weekly activities on a monthly basis for the last three years. Newsflash, they're both really boring and have zero Corpse Fleet connections. Uh, my name is Juanita Trucks. Pleased to meet you.
4: It's wonderful to meet you. I think that we actually did have some run-ins for the Corpse Fleet.
5: Did
2: we take that Corpse Fleet uh, badge off of that body in the uh, Star Eager Spine?
5: I think Edros did, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Can He'll you-
3: just slam it down on the table.
1: Yeah.
5: Oh boy, uh, Corpse Fleet Insignia. They mass-produced 11,000 of those. Do you want, I can get one from my desk too.
4: Well, <laughs> I mean, we have witnesses, I mean, we have five witnesses here who can tell you what we actually ran up against.
0: Do we have any recordings from our ship?
5: Uh, yeah, imagine the black box, if you want to pull up that data with uh, with Wick. You can you can hand that over.
0: Yeah, uh, Remy does that because I. have yeah.
5: you, you guys can can talk to her for a while, but she kind of puts her hands up haltingly and like, listen, I, I conduct a lot of interviews and compile a real report. Hand that information up the chain to the appropriate government officials, and they make their way to the pack council. But your bug friend in the society, well, he's got to have a lot of pull because I've been given the go-ahead to give you my reports before they even leave this office. If you want to use them and chase the fleet, get yourself in trouble, go right ahead. If you want to stay here, i got a conference room. I can set up some cots. You can sleep in the office. But We're uh, ready
4: to chase.
5: All right, well, it, it's nice meeting you too. i I'm not normally this sunny, but uh, you're seeing the most agreeable side of me right now. Because we actually have a mutual friend.
0: Who's your mutual friend?
5: Oh, you don't Jesus know? Is, right? What? Who? Oh, no, you're not the bug. Gevelarsk Noor. <gasps> he's, he's a saint, isn't he?
4: Oh, he's wonderful. I we, we did some work for him back on Absalom Station.
2: You know, he, he served us yeah, the best said. black milk I have ever had.
5: <laughs> I agree with that. He left us on a rock. <clears throat> <laughs> it's a delicacy, <laughs> black milk back when i was living and working on absalom he served me my first black milk and he fast-tracked my death paperwork and my move to eox helped me set up for my transformation and he got me this gig at the ministry i literally owe everything to that wonderful wonderful man and i've been informed that you helped him with a special delivery
4: Yes, do you know any details about that delivery? <laughs> <laughs> mums
5: mums the word, but it's it's good to know that you are willing to to risk everything for Gavlarst same as me. So, if there's anything that I can do here from my office to aid in your investigations, obviously call me at any time.
2: We will me, get your you. contact information.
5: Anyway, enough chit-chat. Two reports last week came in to the ministry that are both credible, and they're yours. She sends them along to your datapad. So there, uh, on your guys's datapads, your personal comm units. You've got two corpse fleet incident reports from the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance. Do you want to? Do you guys want to read some of the highlights on these, or summarize them up? Uh, well, this one's from Voxel. The one Mm -hmm. who who Shan said, oh, come on over and talk to Voxel, and apparently Voxel filed one here. It says, Employer Flesh Worn Fabrications, and that's the Mm -hmm. the name of the giant factory. Do you want to read that one up? Sure. Sometime between the hours of 1130 and 1300 yesterday, third of Cthona, an entire vat of flesh disappeared from FWF's flesh yards. Upon discovering the flesh was missing, I found a badge with the Corpse Fleet's insignia next to the empty vat. I also recorded a digital photo of the badge's location. It seems pretty obvious to me that the Corpse Fleet stole the vat flesh for some unknown purpose. Hmm. Hmm. We got another one here is Quill. Somebody want to read say,
2: that? I'm W A N E D A Juanita
5: juanita trucks Wait, you, Oh, not juanita so worried yeah, about the be... last
2: name did not think about the first name
5: <laughs> yeah, I, spelled, I, spelled it, I spelled it j-u-a-n-i-t-a
3: <laughs> yeah. like the chips like juanita's <laughs> chips <clears throat> anyway this this report was filed by gretel Rappender, a bone trooper uh, a retired navy trooper and it says incident of suspected corpse fleet activity on or around zero hundred on fourth kuthona my flatmate harveen nessex also a fifth squadron veteran left our residence saying she needed to purchase new outerwear a curious task especially considering the late hour in any case she never returned to the flat this morning sixth kuthona i entered her quarters and discovered that most of her belongings were gone but i found a scrap of paper on the floor that looks like it fell out of her journal Harveen keeps a real paper diary that she actually writes in with a stylus. On this scrap, Harveen wrote about her disillusionment with current Eoxian policy and her intention to join a contingent of the corpse fleet that is currently operating in Orphus. I believe that Harveen has left the splice to enlist in the corpse fleet. Oh, that sounds a little bit more promising. Yeah. I mean, so my my first thought about the uh, Voxel incident report is that it is all centered around a badge, a badge that we threw down on the table, and she was just, and uh, Juanita was just like, oh, there's, they make thousands of these. I don't care. Like it just, it didn't impress her. It didn't, it didn't make he, it seem like it did, had any credibility. You could buy
2: one of those at space. Spencer's gifts.
5: <laughs> no. Well, I yeah. mean, they, they were made for the the Navy, but I mean, they're not, they're not made anymore. They, they, they were like on every naval officer's uniform decades ago though. Yeah.
3: But the, this other one seems, you know, yeah. a little bit, a lot more reasonable.
0: Well, it also gives us more of a location that we can really kind of, seek out where where this corpse fleet group might be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where the contingent. Yeah, it's a little
5: more information than just, like, I saw a badge on the floor. Yeah, so
3: <laughs> seeing as it's more fleshed out and seems like the reasonable choice, I'm sure it's the wrong one, but I I think that we would choose... I don't know, that, that, one, that would be the one that I would
2: uh, Although we could go to, to Fleshworn Fabrications and try to find our guy Shan to see if he can give us anything, like a deal on something... To buy.
3: You want flesh?
2: I mean, it would be handy to have some extra, I guess. But uh, <laughs> just in case you get shot,
5: and just put some more inside. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, right?
1: That's how it
3: yeah. works. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good medicine check.
5: <laughs> oh. um, True. Why don't we have Nack reading these over? Make a, a sense motive check.
3: A Sense motive
2: on some pieces of paper.
5: <laughs> hmm. You'd sense motive. Oh. On that.
2: oh. Oh, my God. Oh, was. that was a 20 and it rolled to a two. Womp womp. Oh, it's Still a 13. I'm going to go ahead and add my expertise die, which is another three onto that for a 16.
5: Yeah, something seems off about these reports, but you can't really put your finger on it. Something something odd about the, the combination of them. Juanita, after you guys are reading over these, says they should be checked on right away. The flesh brewer works across the street. that intoxicating aroma you smell. Mmm. Succulent. <laughs> the retired bone trooper lives in a veteran's lodge a block down. I imagine she'll be easy to find since she's retired from naval services. Now, I was only authorized to give you this next bit of information because of your close ties to Ambassador Nor, but we have the names of three possible Corpse Fleet agents that are thought to be operating in and around Orphais. We have encrypted them from intercepted transmissions we think might be related to the traitors' case. The names are Railfish Ivanko, Zira Vesh, and Woen Watton. Okay. Can you repeat Can I- those? Can I? Yeah, All they. Right. Yeah, there they are. There okay, they are. Yeah, I was about you. to say, uh, Andis writes that down, but Jabert's not going to write that down. So, you, can you type that out for me? <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so Juanita Trucks gives you a a like file folder, a physical printout of scant pieces of information, including these names and some of the very partially decrypted communiques. It's got written on the the front of it, top secret. Do not let non-ministry eyes read it. What do you guys want to do? Read it.
2: Can, can I roll a, uh, a culture check on flesh form fabrications with my new corporate agent abilities to see if there's okay. anything we can figure out from that?
5: Uh, yes. You don't find any, yeah, not not with any knowledge that you you have. Nothing, nothing easily seen. Seems like a pretty reputable <clears throat> business, the, the flesh works.
2: So we can, we can go after the, the retired Navy officer, or we can go after the, uh, the, Potential uh, vat flesh thief. What do you guys think we should do?
4: Well, chronologically, the three Kuthona means that uh, Voxel's report at the factory happened before the Navy Trooper Trooper's report, right? So maybe we should investigate chronologically. Although I will agree that Gretel's report seems to have more merit potentially than Voxel's does.
5: Uh, is there is there a way to uh, while we're walking over to do a computer check to look up Har Harveen Harvin uh, like like a space book maybe? Yes, <laughs> I've been hanging on to that one. Go ahead and make me a computer check. Oh sure, yeah, uh, nineteen. Right, so you find a lot of publicly listed government information on the Bone Troopers service. It's just kind of like a, a skeleton put together. You see they are indeed, or were, members of the 5th Squadron. And you see uh, a few years prior a discharge notice. Not a ton of other publicly listed information, though. Hmm. While you guys are heading outside, doing some computers checks, uh, right next to the ministry, you do see something that we've not had on the show in some time, which is a a store, a place to, to buy some things. I know you've been itching to do that, right? Spend some credits. Oh, yeah. We, we always like to spend credits. I want the bling.
2: You got to spend money to make money, baby. Uh,
5: right. So it's a bright neon marquee of pink screens and, and blues depicting two zombie heads, one dapper and suave. That's Winking, and the other a decrepit and, and dirty-looking, uh, very very distressed head. But both wearing fancy neon top hats with monocles. The sign reads, Gentle Sages, Necrographs, and Sundries. Does anybody had, have
3: any purchases they
2: want to make? What what, what sort of things do these guys carry?
5: I Are mean, you going inside to figure it out? Well, I,
2: I guess so. Do these guys work for the corpse fleet? <laughs>
5: That should be your first question to everyone you meet on EOX. Just catch them off guard. Corpse fleet? Man, I love the Corpse fleet. I don't know about you guys.
2: (laughs) You know, know, I've been looking to enjoy the Corpse fleet. Here, it's a pretty cool place. Anybody know where I can find them?
5: (laughs) Inside, you see several red velvet-lined shelves and cases and what looks like wood-paneled walls and dozens of cabinets A rarely seen in expensive luxury on EOX. Unfortunately, on closer inspection what it really is is metal and plastic intricately carved and painted to look like wood behind the counter you see a finely dressed corpse folk gentleman standing in an open cabinet with a the counter stretching off behind him to the back of the store and as he turns around and it looks to be the dapper zombie on the, the sign out front with a top hat and growing from his neck is an undead vestigial head. The gentleman sports a golden colored cane and is dressed in a tuxedo with c- coattails. As you all file in, he says, Greetings! Oh, oh my, it's the living, and five
1: of you. Oh, worry not. This is an establishment that doesn't look down on you, poor mortal fools. Come right in and peruse my wares. For all are welcome at Gentle Sages, Necrographs, and Sundries. I would ask that you please not do that thing that living folk do on the merchandise. You know, that thing where uh, the atmosphere goes into your lungs. Breathing? Yes, breathing. Please, it's quite disgusting. I agree. I apologize to you but you understand the stench of mint and cinnamon and the things you put in your mouths to cover the smell it is quite repugnant to my undead clientele
5: I lean right up close and I just don't breathe on him
1: Oh that's thank you sir yeah I'm
5: I'm sorry. same page I'm
2: sorry right? I'm sorry New York's hottest club is
4: breathing <laughs> I was saying the same thing <laughs>
1: We got everything. <laughs> <Bentley> <laughs> draft, corpse folk. An undead French Stewart. <laughs>
3: wow. The callbacks.
2: Uh what's so an undead French Stewart?
3: So it's
1: that thing so where It's that thing where Miles <laughs> murders French Stewart.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god. We have uh, fun here.
5: Right, right. So you guys, oh you guys, <laughs> you, have, you have some purchases to make. We, we've talked about them for a while, but I, I just realized I, I kept pushing them off because it was like, oh, there's a, a space combat episode, and then you have to fight this monster. But uh, we'll we'll talk about them a little, maybe maybe off air when you start to use some of these things you buy. But after you make your purchase, the corpse folk who introduces himself as. Jonesworth. Jonesworth the gentle sage. He's like fitting maybe. did anyone buy armor?
2: <laughs> I bought an armor module.
5: Right so it, it, he's like installing it into into Nax armor and is like
1: a uh, fine selection good sir. I will have my personal assistant ring it up for you.
5: The, the small vestigial head jutting out of his neck suddenly opens its eyes and mouth and goes <laughs>
1: He says your cred stick has gone through and is all cleared. Would you like your receipt in the bag? Uh, N- uh, Nack
2: would like to ask if uh they took advantage of the friends and family discount? Uh,
1: no.
5: Do you have uh, a diplomacy check you want to make?
1: Let's do that. Say 19. <laughs> You're no friend of mine, good sir. Where
5: are all my good rolls? when I need that money. <laughs> Is there anything you want to talk to him about?
2: Uh, so hey, you seem like a, an upstanding uh, member of the Eaxian community. Uh, we're we're looking for for a couple of people, and just you know, we fa- we you know we found this odd uh, little trinket. Uh, I draw. Show him the trinket we found.
1: Uh, what? What I didn't find a trinket. The, what trinket? The the corpse fleet insignia. Oh oh, the yes, the corpse fleet insignia. Yeah, this 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 thing.
2: I mean, we, we thought that was such a, such a, a cool, cool emblem and, and just wondered if, if you knew where we could find uh, more out about uh, and who might have dropped this. <laughs> we found it on just some asteroid. It was crazy. Uh, we just wanted to know maybe if, if uh, we might be able to return it to its owner.
5: The corpse folk Jonesworth just kind of Shakes its heads vigorously and it's like,
1: no, no, none of that here. I I can't be involved with that. Uh, farewell, dead, uh, pre-dead peoples. Uh, I hope to see you back here once you've realized how your moral short lives will end, and you can join us in eternity. Ch- uh, Jonesworth, Jonesworth,
2: Jonesworth, Jonesworth! Please, please, please! We, did, I didn't mean to offend you. I just, we found this, and I uh, just, you know, us living folk, we don't know anything. <laughs> we just, we need to be taught. Um, what, what is this uh, symbol, and, and why is it so uh, just reviled? Apparently, uh, why is it so scary?
5: Does anybody else want to make a diplomacy check and or help, maybe to, uh, to make one?
4: I'll help. It's a 22.
5: Right. So it definitely seems like he's holding something back. And uh, he's like, Jendor says, it's like, uh,
1: you you must be careful walking around these streets. You need to be on the lookout for she could be. Oh, no.
5: The, the gentle sage cuts himself off and the vestigial head goes,
1: oh, please leave. I, I did not mean to say it. No, he- head, head out. Thank you for your business. Can I
2: sense motive? Yeah, go right ahead. So it's a 17. I'm going to add my expertise to that for 20.
5: Yeah, he seems to be uh, a little trepidatious about giving you information. And as he's pushing you guys out, like literally trying to get you out of the story, he's like, it was nothing, nothing.
1: Hold Just, on.
4: Wait, can uh, I use detect thoughts to find out who the she is that he's thinking of?
5: Uh, go right ahead. Only not making my willpower safe. So, Detect Thoughts is for Lashunta. It's like the spell, the mystic spell, but it works, I think, it's a little bit different. So, it's like you're casting what's known as Lashunta magic. Let me see here. I have rolled a 10 on the dice. So, for this first round, you can detect the presence or absence of uh, thoughts on this creature. So, as Nack is distracting Jonesworth, you can read surface thoughts of of jonesworth the gentle sage and you hear just going over and over uh, this word uh maro blight maro blight and it it sounds like yeah he's he's worried for you guys in in his thoughts he's trying to get you out of here so to keep you out of trouble
4: he's trying to steer us away from the factory is that correct
5: you don't no you don't have anything in his, his thoughts about the factory
4: Okay, so just it- in general from the planet, <laughs> like from everything.
5: No, like out of the store. I think like he wants yeah. us to get out of the store. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop, stop asking questions because he uh, he feels self conscious. He slipped up and said something he wasn't supposed to.
4: Yeah, I yeah. bet. Call him out. What is this Mara Blight?
5: What? What?
1: I I I did not. Oh no! It. You you all are in danger. It's it's not really a, a threat right now but it there is an urban legend it's something that we don't really joke around though here in the splice it's said that there is a marrow blight that lives beyond the edge of the city out in the wastes and every few months whenever a living citizen would go missing or be attacked in the night it's said that she is feeding they call her xorantham or trance the flesh feaster I didn't want to say anything to you because I know you living creatures are so susceptible to that biological emotional response. What is it called? You know, the the dilated pupils and the running away. It's on the tip of my tongue. Fear? Fear, yes, that's it. You're all so easily feared. Am I using that word correctly? In this situation, yes. it would be scared. Does anybody know what a morrow blight is?
2: Like, what okay. check would that be, a mysticism or... A, mysticism, or
1: indeed.
5: Uh, yeah, I'll I'll aid Rami. Right, so Rami, you, you're pretty sure you know a good deal about... It's a form of undead. A Blades a zombie fueled by hatred, killed and raised with the unnatural desire to mutilate its own flesh and that of others. So they come back into undeath with a need to kind of warp their own... Skin and bones into these horrific sights. You know they make these massive bone spurs and like claws that erupt from their backside. And the the older and stronger they get, the, the more claws that show up. Well, why don't you guys give me a general intellect roll? Oh yay! Kind of throw some clues together. Is this to uh, is this to recall information? Well, actually, yeah, we'll make it a recall information because this is something you've already read. Oh, and it looks like. <laughs> Lyndra a natural twenty. Yep. <laughs> and Andis and uh, Ramy also over a twenty. You all kind of come to the same conclusion that if there is indeed a Mara Blight, that it could be the culprit for the flesh vat theft. If it indeed happened, um, that is something that it would eat.
6: Mm. Hmm.
5: And where's where where's where the where is it supposed to be? yeah the the rumor is just outside of the city so not within the the bubble city don't really know where so we'd have we'd have to like leave the bubble and track it down
3: somewhere in the wastelands
5: yeah Yeah. Yeah. yes (laughs) if it's outside the 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 city's limits
4: i think we ought to go and speak to gretel soon because i wonder if harveen while it looks like she might be at fault she may be a victim
2: I think that's a really yep. good little end to it. Uh you know, the, they seem to have no. s- some sort of relationship with the Corpse Fleet.
4: I mean yes. maybe, but we I mean maybe,
5: but it's about a block away, so if you want to head there now, pretty easy.
0: Yeah, let's 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 book it.
5: Let's go. So that's over here on this avenue, kind of going north, dissecting, and as you all walk over, it's still pretty pretty quiet here in the city, even though it is in uh full sunlight. And you get to this thin, multi-level building that sports a, a rusty metal sign hanging in front of its door that should read 5236, but the last number has fallen askew, so it looks like a nine. And as you walk up, it, it's got to the insignia of a veteran's legion, and the door is slightly ajar. You hear what oh, sounds like arguments coming from the inside. Perception percent.
3: check, to hear what they're saying?
5: No, it' rushes in.
3: Oh, no, Andes! <laughs> <laughs>
5: So <laughs> no, so you, you go to this door and you can tell just looking at it, it's a DC 10 engineering that this has been like cracked open. This has been forced open, the sliding door. And you want to bust it in and, and pop in. I I'm just I mean, if it's if it's already broken, yeah, I just push it open. Alrighty. As you do, you see what looks like three Ghoul members sporting armor and weapons, and one of them, as you open the door and step inside, is is smashing a, a massive hammer down on a table, and you hear it say, uh,
6: If you cross your own people, there are consequences.
5: They turn and look at you, Antis,
6: and say, What's this? Bunch of stinking breathers in our territory?
5: I don't breathe at all, thank you very much.
6: <laughs> You huh?
5: step away from that person.
6: You picked the wrong place to poke your head into,
1: Android. Initiative roll time.
5: Yay. Oh, boy. Ooh, oh, oh, proc. All right, so we are in combat as they are menacing some weapons towards you. We're going to do a, a quick surprise round with Andis in the lead and these three folks. Andis, you're standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Street behind you, this uh, small, what looks like a, a common living area in front of you three ghouls bearing down on you. What do you want to do? Alright, uh, what's the situation with the fourth person? Uh, right, so, why don't you give me a perception check? A wheel. Twenty-one. Yeah, in the corner is a, uh, a bone trooper figure, kind of doubled over on the ground. Hmm. Okay, bone trooper. And that is, is that is that part of the Navy? Yeah. So you can probably surmise that this is someone that lives here in the house. Okay. Okay. Right. And this is like, this is like a whole building full of people who are retirees from the Navy. Got it. Okay. All right. I'm going to step in and say, you get away from her. If this is a uh, greasel, it is uh, indeed a she. Okay. Or was a she. Oh, well. You get away from her. And I, <laughs> and I quick draw my gun. Alrighty, so they... One of them goes to block the doorway behind you. The other two move right up into your grill. In the normal turn order, at the top of the turn, I draw Spheronis.
3: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Well, the door is blocked off by one of the the bad guys, so... Well, why don't you give Uh... me a perception
5: check as well? That's an 11. Well, you've you've now heard shouting and in this shouting. Uh you do see there there is another door in this building towards the north.
3: Ah. With <laughs> <laughs> if I put that together then I will come over and open the door, which is two move actions. So i am done.
5: Great. Looking inside, it looks like it is a another part of this building, perhaps a a kitchen, a common kitchen area for for apartments. Ooh. I'm going to make Next. an
3: Akatonian egg salad
5: sandwich. Oh, we're on to lindra All
4: right. Can I use blazing orbit and light fire along my way into the doorway?
5: You can. I hope you don't want us come in. <laughs> you will provoke an attack of opportunity from this one standing right there. That uh, is nope. fine.
4: I get concealment though. so.
5: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Let me do that first. Uh. Already. So it has been able to see past your fire and flames. I've rolled a 14 on the dice, and that is indeed a hit against you. Already. For 16 points of damage as it brings down a large tactical swoop hammer on you.
4: Worth it. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. I'll go all the way here.
5: Okay. So other. moving past this other one will provoke another <laughs> attack.
4: Oh, that's fine. I can take it. It's fine.
5: Uh, this one is a oh, probably a miss actually. Twenty one against KAC.
4: Uh, yeah, I think it's twenty three. Twenty three. Oh
5: boy. All right. So that is your move action. What do you want to do with your standard?
4: Um, I'm going to uh just swing my solar weapon at this guy. That's a twenty eight.
5: It's, it's, it's a hit, and it's so much damage. And
4: it's so 25 damage because I'm photon-tuned.
5: Alrighty. Next in the turn order, next Nexus Rack.
2: Uh, how many of uh, these guys can I see right now? Can I see all three of them, or can I just see the two that are in my direct line of sight?
5: I think you can see them all.
2: All right, so I would like to uh, avoid getting into this fire, um, but I would like to shoot my Corona laser pistol at the closest one in the door. And Alrighty. get him, which is a 20 to hit. Oh, boy.
5: Yeah, no, you get get him with get him, because that is a hit.
2: A- and in the meantime, I would like to spend an RP uh, mm. To make Gidim apply to all of the enemies in my vision Ooh. in 60 feet.
5: All three of them. Okay, so Gidim is on them, and it is now their turn. They've got a few targets in this room i think this one is actually going to move out to you nexus wreck the one that you just shot oh, prong. and these two that are inside are going to take on andis and Alindra, are two a friends will so, the one attacking Nack be burned oh yeah that's good points it's got to move through that fire yes it doesn't, it doesn't get a reflex save for that right nope oh boy Five That's, and yeah, yeah your yeah, reflex five. save is choosing to walk through fire. <laughs> Go ahead and roll that again because it's moved actually through one and into another.
4: Oh, sweet! Oh, five and five, ten. Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <Amazing already. cap.
5: laughs> it's taking a good, good amount of damage. Yeah, it's not not even near bloodied. So it's going to come right up to you, Nack, and it's bringing this. Actually, let's see what it wants to do. It's a little angry. Yeah, it's going to bring its hammer down on you. And what is your KAC? I think I missed two.
2: My KAC is 21.
5: Yep, yep. Roll a four. That's a miss. And this one is going to try and attack Andis with its hammer. All 15. So that is going to be a hit for 13 points of damage. And this one, that has just been nearly cut in half by... Lindra takes a look at her and rage welling up in its eyes tries to answer that damage with uh, its own hammer. Oh boy, I'm, I just want I want the 20 so bad, everybody. Uh, that, <laughs> I, I've rolled 12, that's a hit. And maximum damage, 21 points of damage. Oh, oh answered! <laughs> damage answered. And that brings us to Andis147. Uh, I'm going to put to good use uh, my new mobility feat oh. and- I am going to step through between those two guys mm-hmm. and across the room next to the the prone... Uh, uh, bone trooper. Bone trooper. That's the one. I was about <laughs> to say bone lady, but I don't think that's what it is. So... They can make it. I mean, they can make attacks of opportunity against me if they wish. They both no. One one of them can. Uh, the other one already took theirs and is focused on Alindra. This one okay. is going to try and get what plus four plus here? four. Oh so, boy, come on. is 26. Oh no, that is Miss Six on yeah. the die. <laughs> all right and then that was that was red that was red that just uh took that the, that the was point. yeah the the one that has not been hit nor hit anyone yet I think. all right then i wheel around and uh and pop pop red right in the knob uh that's a uh, 23 to hit mm-hmm that is a hit all right 16 yes. points of damage and taking this bottom of the turn order another one on initiative i'm so sorry Miles.
0: <laughs> remy quindar so, uh, Raimi is going to uh, attack the gentleman that is attacking Nack. Right. He's going to cast Caustic Conversion.
1: Ooh, yeah. 15 on the dice. That is a hit.
0: All right. So, that is 12 points of damage. Let me just double check. Oh, boy. Do we have any
5: acid immunity? No? Okay. <laughs> that is uh, a hit. Or
0: so how, how, how much? 12 points of damage. And it takes an additional 5 S damage at the end of its turn.
5: Ooh! Okay. Yeah, still, still up. And turn 2, Edros Varonis.
0: Okay. Edros will
3: continue to move into the room here. And... Attack the one who... I mean, he's flanking with Alindra now, and he's gonna go after that one.
5: I, I will warn you, moving into the position there will provoke an attack of opportunity. Sure. This guy. Oh man, you guys just love giving them up and I love taking them. Cause I definitely <laughs> won't
2: <roll>. <laughs> Oh! <laughs>
0: yes!
2: Natural one. Although these Critical guys are- mess. These guys are probably not gonna trigger the crit fail deck, are they?
5: Oh. All right, so these guys are pretty high level. They're not equal to you all, but I did beef them up a little bit to make it a harder fight, so I want to use this critical fail. Yes! Yeah. It is a melee attack submitted by Pithika. Thank you very much, Pithika. It's called May Your Blade Chip and Shatter. You accidentally catch your weapon on your opponent's weapon or armor in such a way that the weapon malfunctions or it lessens its effectiveness. So it gains negative two to hit Edros uh, for the rest of the fight. It's a 10-minute until you can take a 10-minute rest. So, this one that's like closest to Edros has now got this uh, negative penalty forever. That's awesome. awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. So, Edros, you can make your attack. Uh,
3: for literally the rest of this poor sod's life.
1: Um,
5: <laughs> uh,
3: so I'm flanking with Alindra plus get him, which means a plus four to this attack. Here we Jeez. go.
1: Cheese Louise.
3: Uh, That's good. I probably needed it. I rolled pretty bad. Uh, I I rolled a three, but that's going to bring it to a 19.
1: A 19 is a miss.
5: Oh, no. Yeah, Yeah, just a miss because I beat these bad boys up a little faster. A little faster than normal. You don't get to roll a three and hit me. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I know.
3: Literally a a plus uh, 16 to the roll. (laughs) I could pull it off. (laughs) A Lindra Bellis.
5: You are okay, now so, flanking with the dross.
4: Yeah, so I'm flanking with the dross and get 'em is on the one that is us. is that correct? Get is on free. all of them. Oh, okay, perfect. Awesome. Um, I'm going to do a full attack then. Attempt one was a twenty two
5: plus wait nothing there's no ne-
4: there's no negative right, because, got you yeah <laughs> 22s a hit awesome so that's 24 damage
5: okay yeah it's not looking <laughs> too good you you're you're cutting into its undead flesh
4: All ripping right. through his armor let's see how the second attack goes let's a 27 <laughs> oh no oh God oh
5: poor God I'm
4: assuming that hits and got that's me. a 22 damage.
5: Uh, he is decapitated. His head goes rolling <laughs> across the room, and he's still trying to like shout stuff, even though he doesn't have uh, any vocal cords attached. He's like, "Oh my god,
0: poor guy." Ed-
3: Edros just looks down, looks back up at Alindra, and goes, "I, I don't even
5: know why I'm here
3: anymore." Hey. <laughs> Edros, you wanna go retire together? I know a place.
1: I yeah. I,
5: I, I'm, uh, I island. Oh, I love islands. <laughs> oh, we're not out of combat yet, because it's next turn.
0: All
2: right, uh, Nack is going to take a guarded step slightly uh, to the right, uh, and then uh, no RP this time, but I do want to fire my Corona Laser Pistol and get him at the same time. So that is mm. a 15 to hit.
5: That's a miss, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this guy, he, he wants wants that (laughs) that sweet knack hide nailed up on his cool wall this one is going to try feebly (laughs) to uh, attack Edros again he's gonna try and make two attacks he just, just saw you try and cut down his friend Let's do... Let's do Knack first. This one's going to try. Okay.
2: So so I have a question. Did this guy uh, moving towards me, does that give me an attack of opportunity?
5: Uh, no, because he also did that guarded step that you hear so much about. Ah, and he's fuck. Yeah, he's sh- shouldering his massive hammer, and he comes at you with his teeth bite you. And uh, just a reminder, what is your KAC. Uh, 21, and I have rolled rolled a seven. I have missed your K.C. (laughs) by.
0: One. <laughs>
5: <No>. <laughs> uh, so he goes to bite, and you're able to just hold them off, You know, like stick your gun, but in his mouth. Push him back. This one is going to try and double attack dross with this. Uh, oh, actually, let's see what he wants to do. Oh, he's going to try and bite dross as well. Yeah, we got some bite turns in. So first one is, oh, that's only a 20, so that's going to be a miss. It's uh, like one roll better. Roll better. No, they both missed. Oh boy, not good for the GM, but probably good for you guys. <laughs> and this next in the turn order. So if I'm looking this cor- at this correctly, I think I've got a clear shot to blue out there that's threatening Knack. Um, oh wow, yeah, you, you guys can see through this very large, you know, like, kind of double doors. Mm-hmm. Easy okay. enough. All right, then I'm gonna track that fool and then take a shot with my laser rifle. Oh man,
1: it wanted to be the twenty, but it's... I know I could oh. see I could see that you know, that. This one die was a four, and it was, like, nudging up against the twenty,
5: trying to knock it over. Oh, 3D that's dice. All. So, th- so that's, that's, a, a...
2: that's a 15 with, uh, with
0: get him. What is that yeah, with we, tracking? Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's
5: a meal. No, that's 15 with tracking. Raimi
0: Quindar. Uh, Raimi's gonna cast Magic Missile, uh, against the guy attacking neck. Okay, so he takes
5: five more points of acid damage, correct? Correct. Yes. And magic
0: missile time. Um, so six
5: to eight plus five is 14. 14. 13, 13, 13.
0: 13. Not to say. Let's say eight plus five for 13. 13. Look, uh, it. I'm not a mathematician.
5: <laughs> it's still up. <laughs> it's not doing too well. And yeah, he, he's looking at you pretty angrily now, Raimi as well. Turn three, Edros Veronis.
3: All right, uh, Edros. Uh, I'm so sorry, Andis. He's gonna take a guarded step right into Andis's line of fire from the guy he just shot at. That's
4: fine. Wait, why and, are you uh, doing that? Don't move! Don't move!
3: Oh, he hears that and he doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And uh, <laughs> oh, instead yeah. opts to take a full attack because the murderer of the group, Alindra, <laughs> ushers him not to move. And frankly, he's kind of scared of her right now after what she did. Uh, so he will just opt to make two attacks from where he was. First attack at a plus two is a 28, or uh, no, I'm sorry, minus two is a 24.
5: Uh, that is a hit.
3: 21 points of damage. All right. Still up. S- second, Second attack with a minus two is a miss. Ooh, okay.
5: And Alindra Valis, you're next. Your, your buddy All is right.
4: chopping I'm gonna move. this guy up. Yeah, I'm going to move right into the doorway and use Supernova that oh. will hit oh, both man. of the enemies, but none of my allies. Oh,
5: <laughs> that was pretty good positioning. Uh yeah. oh, David, yeah. I didn't even see that. Okay. I know, the,
4: I know. All right. Here we go. <pets>. Oh, man. Not a great roll, but that's 24 damage.
5: Let me roll some reflex. Oh, a 19 on the dice. 10 on the dice. What is the DC we're trying to hit now? Six. Gosh.
4: So it is 17. Okay. Think. I
5: can tell you yep. the first one definitely passed, and the second one definitely failed. So the one outside, Hararene, Nakin, and, and Raimi has failed. So 24 points of damage. He explodes, and... <laughs> in a fiery corona. Its body is just turned to ashes and the armor and weapons just like fall to the ground. Like, pick me up later. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's taking twelve damage and has like a single hit point left. <laughs> He's like so close to <laughs> death. But yeah, he almost gets blasted back from from your your massive fiery corona. Next Israk, you see this one get evaporated in front of you. It's your turn. Wow,
2: that is uh Awesome. Um, So what uh, negative do I get for shooting through the doorway that Alindra is standing in?
5: Negative four.
2: Okay. Can I move here without getting an attack of opportunity? You cannot. All right.
3: I'll take the attack of opportunity. Can we, I mean, just really quickly, I think we should try and do non-lethal damage to this guy so we don't kill him. Man. Uh,
5: He misses you, so Nat, do
3: what you want to (sighs) do. You sure about this, Tyler? I mean, then we could interrogate him. If we kill him, we can't interrogate him. But All it's right, up we've to you. we got the bone right.
4: soldiers still, right? Aren't they still alive? Or yeah, are they are. Dead?
3: I mean, you could absolutely kill this guy because you don't think he has any useful information. I'm just, I'm just throwing something out there.
2: All right, I have an arc pistol that I can set to stun. So mm-hmm. I'd like to get him and fire my arc pistol at this uh, cat for non-lethal damage.
5: All righty, let's see if this plays out like you think it will. Meow. Yeah. That's a
2: 28 to hit and a five damage
5: non-lethal. Uh that is a hit and he goes down. Nicely done. Pia. And we're out of combat. Hey. <laughs> awesome. Alright. Uh, hey, nice, everybody. Nice an easy one.
3: Go into the Discord and tell us how terrifying Alindra is. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> she
3: cuts one guy in half and then causes another to incinerate. <laughs>
5: tracking some damage here and that was about the long and short of it. <laughs> so really? the the bone trooper in, in the back of, of this like living room area gets up and is sporting a, a few broken bones and comes over to you and says Thank you for saving me. Any
3: any time. We we had made our way over here because we are working with Juanita Trucks on a corpse fleet investigation, and heard that we saw the report you filed. We meant to follow up and answer questions. Seems like some other people were also interested in following up with some information you might have.
6: Yes, they they came because I went to the ministry.
3: Well, you're safe now. Thank you. Who were those? folks
6: they're eoxians that believe this is only for the undead they are undead nationalists they did not like me talking about the corpse
3: fleet sounds like those strong absalom movement fe- people we beat up all the way
5: back in the days yeah i'm i'm uh uh Andis is gonna go ahead and just, just grab this fella right here mm-hmm. and uh drag him on into the kitchen and put him on the table. Oh, boy. Tie him down <laughs> to the old table Just so he doesn't <laughs> go anywhere. Already. Uh, yeah. Edros Ed will keep a watch over him while uh,
3: maybe other people want to talk to the our person. And
2: it's using that kitchen rope.
4: And does she want to see to her wounds?
3: Oh, that's maybe a better use of my time. Somebody else <laughs> who knows something about ropes can do that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that falls under tying somebody up with a rope might be survival. I'll take that's, care of it.
5: That's a good point. Thank, thanks for thanks for looking out. I Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Let me, let me see if I can help her out with those broken broken bones. Right. See, that's a twenty six on a medicine check. Yeah. So it, it looks like the you know necrotic energy running through her will mend them in time, and you can like set them up and really just like apply tape to them. <laughs> Maybe I need some of that kitchen rope and easy easy splint. <laughs> And she says, thank you. Thank you for healing them. She leans in very
6: closely and says, I, I have one secret to tell you, friend. What is it? I'll tell you next week. To be continued. There it
1: is.
5: <laughs> Didn't know when it was going to come, but it felt right. It felt right right then, you know? <laughs> it felt like midnight, so it was probably felt like the right time.
1: <laughs> you guys know when I wrap things
5: up here. We're going late.
1: Let's
2: wait for another three. <laughs> this this episode of Cosmic 3 is brought to you by Kitchen Rope. That's right, Kitchen Rope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kitchen <laughs> Rope. The next time a, you got you got somebody something running around in your kitchen, you need it tied down to the kitchen table, get some Kitchen Rope.
5: Batten down <laughs> those chickens. I do have
4: to say that I'm really excited for next week because there's so many black spaces on the map right now. I just want to know what's behind them.
3: You want to (laughs) walk you wanna check out all of them? Yeah. 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 Well, two-thirds of them are probably red herrings that don't lead anywhere besides trouble. Like a bathroom
4: in the stupid bar that we went to. Yeah, That was yeah. the,
3: that was the yeah. best room yeah. ever. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, we're still going to go after all those herrings.
5: <laughs> I <Right. laughs> want to- bathrooms not to exist in the future? Right, yeah. it's like right, red herrings are like Pokemon, gotta catch them all. Yeah, I, uh.
2: although I do not want to go to an Eoxian bathroom, that sounds awful.
5: <laughs> whoa, whoa. Don't come, don't show up to the episode next week. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: <laughs>
5: let's Go ahead and yeah, we next week's episode is going to be crazy, guys. That's all I got to say, and I cannot wait for it. But let's wrap up episode thirty-five and thank you guys for playing with me. Thank, thank, you. thank you. And why don't we say good night,
0: everybody?
5: Good, good night, everybody. everybody.
0: Night, night.